Hi, I'm Kat, marketer turned brand storyteller. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever. As CEOs and leaders, it's your job to always have the answers, but sometimes you need a little help. Leverage, if you will. We get it. This is the place for you. So wherever you're listening, 5.30 a.m. club at the gym, on your way to your next meeting or putting out today's fire, let's get into it. Joining us today for our 100th episode of Not Nice Clever is somebody that we have both had the good fortune to work with for the past two years. You've heard us talk about him many times on the podcast, and today you get to hear directly from him. Ryan Serhant is one of the most well-known real estate brokers in the world, but not just a broker. He is also founder and CEO of Serhant, the brokerage based out of New York, but also recently having launched in multiple other states across the Eastern Seaboard. He is also founder of the educational company Teaching People How to Sell Worldwide, known as Sell It Like Serhant. He is an innovator, entrepreneur, producer, author, father, podcast host, you name it, he has probably done it in his entrepreneurial journey. And Candace and I are so fortunate to have him join us today. And we are diving into how he deals with growth as a CEO, his recipe for success when it comes to leading people, and also how he balances personal, professional, family, and all of those things in between with somebody who has such a busy schedule. So let's dive in. So thank you so much for making time to hop on with us today, Ryan. We're super excited to dive in. And of course, we know a lot of our audience at Not Nice Clever knows you for your background in real estate, but you are definitely much, much more than just a real estate broker. And so I want to get right into it wherever your passion, your energy lies and ask you, what is the one thing right now that's going on in your world, in your business that you just like cannot shut up about? You can't get enough about like, where is? Ryan Serhant's head at these days? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what can I not shut up about? So many things. My brain is compartmentalized into like four, right? Because mm -hmm. I think about myself, family, personal things. Then I think about real estate. Mm -hmm. Then I think about education. And then I think about production. So I feel like it's unfair to ask me about one thing you know, we've, we've been growing a lot this year and, you know, improving kind of, I think, everyone's lives as much as possible by building the best companies we can, by hiring, you know, great people. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people would have wished we hired people quicker, but I'd always rather have, you know, the right people than hire the wrong people and make a mess and all that stuff. And so we've gotten some really cool people this week that I'm, I'm excited about just because like, you know how it is, right? When you're surrounded by really capable, talented people who are uniquely qualified to do what they do and you get to just watch instead of being like, all right, well, thanks for filling the role. Let me show you what to do now. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess it up. Like it makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Also, I'm a big fan of like inspiring sports documentaries. And Ooh, all right. there is a new one on Netflix who does a lot of these things. Uh, there is two. One is called The Playlist about the founding of Spotify, which I think is super cool if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. And then the other kind of controversial is part of the Untold miniseries. And it's called The Swamp Kings about like the Florida Gators and Tim Tebow and that whole thing. Oh, very emotional. Very like, in, you know, you can do so many things with great music. Really, really cool. They leave out all of the arrests 
and like terrible things that that team did. Mm. Like I think like that entire team, half the team went to jail and that's not in the documentary whatsoever. It just kind of tells you like history books are written by the winners. Yeah. You know, it's like always, there's always two sides, but those are the things that I think about. Okay. Well, I think Candace is definitely adding both of those to her list. She is a huge fan of true crime and documentaries, but uh, (laughs) trust but verify, right? Like always go to the Google and verify what you are reading and watching. So Ryan, can you tell us how you define success at this point in your career versus maybe how you defined it early on and how that has changed for you? Sure. I used to define success completely singularly. Mm -hmm. So I was successful if I made X amount of dollars per year. I was successful if I could do 100 million in sales in one year. I am successful. Even a couple years ago, it was if I could launch this company in the middle of COVID, I am successful. I've beaten people and I did it against the odds. Now I define success by other people's success. Mm-hmm. So I am only a success if you're a success, you know? And so I think I went from being, you know, looking at success as asynchronous, as if we put it in like our course world, yeah. to now I only feel success if it's cohort based. You know, yeah. I want to I wanna be a co-pilot to success because that's how we land the plane the best or that's how we fly the furthest. And so like when I see our agent teams crushing it, or if I see a pro member in education dominate or even our sales team in education, you know, and they have their record days, I'm like, all right, great. They're successful. Therefore I am too. Yeah. It's a really unique brain shift for me mm-hmm. to not declare success until the other person does. And I think as a sales person, I was always very, very, Singular. very selfish. Do you think that being a father has impacted the way that you see success? No. I think a lot of people, and I don't mean this to be offensive in any way, but for men specifically, right? Specifically, I guess, for for straight men, their worlds do flip upside down when they have kids because they go from having zero responsibility, they have a job, Mm -hmm, to then all of a sudden having the responsibility of a human. And I felt that. Like having a baby is a big deal. And then you look and you're like, I have to survive, and you have to survive. We must survive <laughs> together. And you start being a little bit more careful about what you do. You're like, yeah, I don't know if I should try that or get on that motorcycle. But I've always had responsibility. I've always had people that I have to care for. Like I've always had a significant amount of like ownership over people's livelihoods and their jobs and things. So I feel like I felt that way for a long time mm-hmm. that when I had the baby, it was just kind of added to it, but in a far more personal way. You know, like I can't fire Athena, although I do. I do. I sure. do does tell she, her a does lot. Does she take you seriously, though, or does she just go back to playing in her frozen dress? She speaks Greek to me, oh, you know, oh, right. in real. So, like, she, no, she 100% does not care <laughs> about what I say or what I do. I'm like, Zena, you're fired. She's like, you're fired. I'm like, no, you're fired. <laughs> okay. But in Greek. Yeah. Yeah, but in Greek. Yeah. yeah. You're fired, but in Greek. Yeah, exactly. I still remember to this day, like when you were talking about success, you had shared at one of our town halls, I believe it was earlier this year, and you were going over the numbers and the metrics, right? How people typically define success. And then you were saying how when people ask you, like, how many people work for you? And you're like, well, I don't really think of it that way. I think of like, I work for these people. Like I work for the the dozens of people that have signed up to be a part of this rocket ship. And just that simple shift 
it was really humble. It was really interesting. And it still sticks out to me months later because, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on this podcast was because it probably wouldn't exist without you because Candace and I met through Sirhan. And so, you know, we each just celebrated our two-year anniversaries. Talk about longevity. It's oh. wild, you know? Yep. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. One, I love that. That's super, super cool. I'm so glad you two met. You were quite the team, total dynamos, and everyone loves you. <laughs> I am honored to be lucky number 100 on the pod here. But yeah, I, I still feel that way. Like it is something that we have to train as part of like our, our staff onboarding mm-hmm. to remind people who they actually work for. So at the brokerage, even in education, right, even production, like your customer is, you know, the agent that we work with. Yeah. I work for everybody else. Like what is a company at the end of the day? You know, especially like a services company or, you know, everything that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't produce computers. It's not like I have supply. You know, it's not like I have product and at the end of the day, okay, all right, well, our company's worth what the product's worth and so on and so forth. Like our company is made up of the humans. Mm-hmm. The humans aren't here. What is it? And so I work for them all day. I mean, I have like, I can't even tell you how many sheets I have here <laughs> with all our employee and agent names and phone numbers and facts about them that are in front of me at all times so that I'm consistently doing those like small personal check-ins. touches. Mm-hmm. You know, always, always at yeah, the check-in. It's like you, what are you doing? You good? You happy? Can I help you? Like just making sure, staying on top of it because every now and then you do touch base with somebody who's like having a really, really bad day and that one little outreach goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Again, my success is their success. And so- Breaking it down a little bit more, what would you say are some like key ingredients? Like if you could boil it down to contributing to your success and don't say having a human CRM because not everybody can afford to have a human CRM like Sydney. What would you say are some key ingredients for those listening, people who are newer to being a CEO, they're growing their organizations, what things should they look out for and prioritize? Key like like systems kind of thing is that what you're thinking or just anything or just... you think that kind of contributes to the recipe of success for you it doesn't just have to be systems and quantitative but like the hard to measure stuff or the easy to measure stuff oh yeah i mean i could talk to you for 10 hours about that <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> i think i think it's important to understand that when you're leading a team or an organization you're going to be 50% excited and 50% terrified at all times and once yeah. you own that then you can breathe. You know, it's like the, the people who take everything so personally, it's because they didn't set appropriate expectations for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard someone say once to never get attached to anyone or anything because even your own shadow leaves you when it's dark. Mm. And Damn. that stuck with me, you know, a little <laughs> bit because it's like, you've got to build with blinders on. You got to make moves. Mm-hmm. And if you allow one person to steal your time or steal your empathy or steal your gratitude or steal your heart, like you're, you know, you cannot be a codependent CEO. You know, there's, you talk about like relationship therapy all the time. And, you know, there are people who have codependency and their happiness is dictated by their partner. Ooh. That's like an unhealthy way to live. I also think something I've had to learn the hard way, especially being, know kind of a solo founder even though i have a lot all my partners like i cannot do this without a handful of people Mm -hmm. it is very easy to like chase down every issue whether it's a small issue or a big issue and then you start to add up all that time as to how much time you spend on all those issues and it's like should i really have been focused on that issue and so we started asking for me and i put this on to like my assistants and everything to always ask is this issue a focus like this thing that you want to talk about I totally get it. Sounds super important. 
but is it a focus for us right now? If it's not a focus, I don't want to say I don't care because that sounds apathetic and terrible, but it, it's not something I want to waste brain power on because it's not something I want to focus on. And then I think kind of going back to what we were just talking about, you know, people over profits, people before product, people before profits. You put the people first, you create an amazing culture, put a bunch of smart people in a room. That's why I love a great brainstorm session. Mm -hmm. You know, it's to make what happens when you put brains in the same room and how they work together and what you're able to create, you know, and I, I think that's a key thing to remember all times. Mm -hmm. So one of the stories that comes up a lot in our conversations with our clients, that's all like Sir Hand and even on the podcast that we talk a lot about is yeah. in the book, Big Money Energy, you share the yogurt story and the time that, you know, you couldn't even afford to purchase yogurt, your card gets declined. Mm -hmm. And we've heard that story and we've heard some of those early in your real estate career kind of stories where, you know, you had the fake Rolex and you kind of put yourself in in the position to play at a level that you weren't yet playing at. Yeah. And so you talk about that a lot and we talk about that all the time to people. And we want to know, as you have grown to the place that you are today, yep. what are the new tough times? What are the new hard stories that are closer to where you are in this place? Because I think that sometimes people think, oh, you have arrived and <laughs> you don't have those days when you're like, F all this or this is a lot. And I'm sure you do. And so we want to hear, like, what are the recent versions of the yogurt story? Nothing ever gets easier, right? It just always becomes more relative. So you got to be careful what you wish for. Like when I making less than $50,000 a year, making it was making a hundred grand, six figures. Yeah. But higher income mm -hmm. comes with higher problems, right? Higher quality business comes with higher quality problems. You know, the problems just get bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I knew was going to happen when I became a CEO, if that's what you want to call it, is that, you know, when I, when I was a broker and I had a team and I was just selling all day, life was great. I was involved in all the positives, the deals, the winning, the closings, the getting the projects, the filming, everything was amazing. And I was involved in all the negatives because the buck stopped with me and it started with me. Mm -hmm. The minute I started my own company, no one comes to me with anything good. And, <laughs> and you, you'd be, you know, it sounds weird, but like once you feel that, I, I would go months you know, especially in like a high interest rate environment like we're in right now, mm -hmm. I have not had a single day where anyone comes to me with anything positive because rightfully so for them, they don't want to waste my time with something that they can handle, something that's good. Mm -hmm. So the only mm -hmm. meetings I have, the only issues that come to my table are the ones that no one else in the entire company could handle by themselves because they're so hard or so terrible or so tough. We got to take it to Ryan. And that's every 15 minutes from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. And so that is like all the yogurt <laughs> everywhere, right? Yeah. I would say, you know, that's right now. So that's a tricky one. I'd also say my other yogurt moment was like, we started the business in COVID and it was the absolute worst time, but it was at the absolute best. Mm -hmm. You know, and hindsight was no pun intended, but it was 2020. And our ability to build in a market at the bottom where we had no expectations. Like I didn't have to spend money on offices, printing. All people cared about was, why are you doing this? If I had started a company in 2018, I would have had to have a parade, you know, yeah. like, I would have, you know, it's crazy. And we were then able to ride the market up. So it was all up, 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 up. And then in the matter of four months, interest rates were doubled. Everything stopped. 
the whole market started to collapse in the summer of 2022. Mm -hmm. And I got to September and this rocket ship that we had been building all of a sudden started shaking. And I'd never been in that situation before. Like I would, my situation was always sell as much as we can, build, 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 build. I don't know, Natalie, our CFO or my accountants, they'll take care of everything. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. came to me and were like, hey, so we need to have a conversation. Well, I don't like confrontation. Can't you just figure it out? I'm like, nope. And we had to make tough decisions you know, yeah. where we really looked around and we said, okay, we hired too quickly, too fast. You know, Thank God we didn't hire like hundreds of people too quickly. Mm -hmm. But we had to make tough decisions with people, which really, really sucked. And that was a... A moment where I just remember sitting around that conference table being like, am I really that guy now? Like, yeah. am I that guy sitting in this tough market having to make these, like, is this the life that I signed up for? But what I take away from all of it now is I was so worried and I realized I was spending so much time worrying and worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's problems. Mm, yep. Doesn't actually fix anything. All it does is steal today's peace and time that could be used to problem solve mm -hmm. and so i had to figure out a way to stop worrying it's like they say you know don't be a worrier be a warrior yeah. like that is why all those words so close yeah, together I mean. you know that warrior warrior you know be a be a warrior don't be a worrier and that's real like that's like okay so whatever happens we're gonna handle it in real time we're gonna make decisions quickly and we're gonna move forward because worrying is not going to make me a warrior. Mm -hmm. Yep. Love it. One thing that my husband always says is every day that his company grows is the first day he's had a company that size. And yeah. with that comes so many opportunities to learn and grow and then continue to lead in a way where you're thinking expansively instead of shrinking back because of worry and fear. Because mm -hmm. worry and fear is that energy that causes us to shrink or stop or slow down. And the opposite could be true. You could be problem solving and building momentum. And I think that's a thing that good leaders are always thinking about how are you continuing to build momentum even when people are shrinking with fear mm -hmm. yeah which you did through 2020 and you're continuing to do so it's awesome to see yeah thank you it's tricky like mm -hmm. what does the future hold at the end of the day you just always have to have multiple plans ready to go mm -hmm. like right now we're still on plan a moving forward if something happens like covid we got to jump to plan b it is what it is mm -hmm. you know i can worry forever or i can just make pivots and be able to contextualize and keep things moving forward. Mm -hmm. This makes me feel even better now because it's something that I do from time to time. And I don't know if Candace does it, but maybe she will after I share this, but I'll randomly BCC you on a really great email to one of our pro clients. Like one thing that we've been doing, I do like that. right? And I didn't realize maybe how important it was to do that until I realized that every 15 minutes, somebody's bringing a forest fire <laughs> to your <laughs> to your table. Well, don't, don't worry about me. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't need you guys leaving here and be like, oh God, Ryan's in stress. No, so sad. <laughs> not we'll, at all. We'll just send more wins your way. But that's one thing that I'm really excited about is actually working with clients. You mentioned education's one of the buckets in your mind, one of the compartments. And it's been really cool to see even early on the success that our clients outside of real estate have had using yeah. your learnings and your failures to their advantage so that they can brand themselves and Someone <laughs> market them. It makes it worth it, right? Yes. I have another question. This one's a little off the wall. Thinking back 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what did you once dream about for yourself or have a vision for yourself that's now like a reality? Like what have you achieved that you thought was only a pipe dream once once upon a time? 
mean, being a dad, mm. right? Like that's real. Like I have a kid who knows me and talks to me. Like that's just so weird. <laughs> you, know, you know, and she'll never be able to get rid of me. You know what I mean? Like she stopped. So I, like, I, I like I created a human buddy, you know, mm. and it's a daughter. Yeah. She'll take care of me forever. So I got to like really focus her on smart things so that she can take care of me. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that's my total fallback plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like running my own business being a CEO, like as much as like I hate, you know, our PNL meetings and talking about budgets and stuff. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I first moved to New York, I would see, you know, businessmen like running down the street on cell phones and being stressed out. And I would see guys on airplanes with laptops doing Excel sheets. And I was like, <laughs> man, one day that'll be me, <laughs> you know, with like responsibility and business and doing cool things, you know, and now I do that and I don't think about it. I'm like, oh God, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think, you know, all of that stuff combined is, you know, just also makes me think about, okay, well, what's Ryan in 10 years going to be doing? Mm. You were the, the, God, the pressures are going to be ridiculous. How do I make sure I hedge against all that? You know, where are we going to be? What's it going to look like? We're going to build, you know, the possibilities are endless, but I think those are the big ones. Yeah. I love that. Having great people like you two to work with every single day. We try. You know, it's not easy finding great people to find another candace and cat would be physically impossible we would have to shut down perfect that was the soundbite i was waiting for <laughs> thank you so much okay you so we like to to wrap it up with a rapid fire series of questions okay. so rapid fire just go to gut answer we have nine of them so here we go what was your childhood dream job childhood dream job was a action film star next to jean-claude van damme Ooh, Interesting. Oh yeah. <laughs> My brother loved John Claude Van Damme yeah. growing up. I saw a lot of those movies yeah, in the background. He could do the perfect, mm-hmm. yes. Go to lazy dinner when you've just had a day. What is your lazy dinner that you're putting together, grabbing on the go, whatever? Honestly, like I'm a, I would easily just probably eat like pizza, mm-hmm. like just an easy on the go, like food. I love it. I thought you were going to annoy me with some like really healthy choice and that was going to be like the worst answer, but I'm glad you said pizza. That makes me feel better about myself. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. When you're out with Amelia, is it sparkling water or still water? Tap water. Not Tap water. water. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. We're learning. I love that. Yeah. No, what am I going to do? Like pay for bottle? There's life. I got to focus on expenses these days. <laughs> no, I'm a, yeah. No latte. Okay. No sparkling water. Got it. Got it. Okay. No. Tap. Got it. Tap water. The best non curse word, one word insult. Cats go to is moron. My grandma likes the word crumb. Is there a word that is a non-curse word insult that you use regularly? Stink. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like, and the facial expression. You know, mm. and also like smelling someone and being like, mm. you stink. You know? Yeah. That, that, that is an that's insulting. A, that's a, that's a body. Sure. That cuts. <laughs> that's, the, that's the knife in the gut right there. What makes you nervous? making the wrong decision like the path hasn't been paved yet mm-hmm. so it's which way am i going makes me nervous your celebrity crush dua lipa oh we knew you were gonna say there that we, go. we were taking okay. bets i thought yep. maybe gal gadot but dua lipa was on the list too yep. i mean also <laughs> but yeah. there we go. what was your favorite recent purchase do i buy anything <laughs> do i have a blue range rover now <laughs> and you love that it? is true it's sir ham blue it is Sirhan Blue. You know, I had an Escalade for 10 years mm-hmm. when I would just keep kind of like recycling that thing. And so this now has a, you know what, to be honest, in New York, you know, it's sunny now, okay, because mm-hmm. it's summer. But like once October hits, 
for six months, it starts getting dark at three. Mm. And so if you're in the back of a car all day long and I'm on my phone, I'm like hitting the little light at 3.15 p.m. <laughs> dark outside. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. No one acknowledges <laughs> it. It's brutal. So this car has the full moon roof. Mm-hmm. And so that one thing, plus I have a light interior, it is you know life-changing for me during how I live my yeah, life. Mm-hmm. Love it. And then I wrapped it in blue and people notice it now. So now as I drive around, people are like, oh, you just sold another one. There you go. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so everyone knows that I'm at the airport all the time. You're probably the one person in the world who's at the airport a little bit more than me. So are you the person who gets to the airport two hours ahead or two minutes ahead? Trying to settle a debate here between my husband and I. I would say one hour. Mm, I've got like, I've got TSA pre-check. I've got clear. I'm picking whichever aisle is for. I got that real ID, like the day they said to get it. Have you updated your driver's license? Not yet. yet. Haven't done it. No. You don't have the little (laughs) star? Oh, come on. Not yet. We're on it. You know, I'm updating my passport well ahead of time. So I get there, let's say like plus minus an hour ahead because you never know these days with airports. Mm -hmm. Two minutes ahead? No way. Because the the (laughs) cost to me of potentially missing a flight would be such a blow to future Ryan. Like, why would I do yeah. that to myself? To All do right. what? Like, it, it because of poor planning? Mm-hmm. No, like, not because of poor planning, but just because you know you you're you know you're gonna make it. That's why I show up two minutes ahead. <laughs> Candace is clearly the one. She just loves to to dash to the gate. I'm the two hours ahead, exactly. and I'm about to get TSA pre-check, so maybe I'll I'll bump that down to an hour like you, Ryan. But I just yeah. Candace is like right from security to the gate. I can't exactly. No, that's, okay. What stress. Yeah. Life is short. Last rapid fire question. So Kat is obsessed with Marvel and she loves spending okay. too much time on our podcast talking about superheroes. Anyhow, if you had a superpower, what would your superpower be and why? I would love to be able to go back in time. I think that would be cool. I don't need to go Ooh. forward because I kind of don't, I don't want to know. And I feel like if I could go forward, then we just ruin it. It like messes like, with you. you. Know every movie. You know, mm-hmm. but to go back in time, you know, I'd go back and like whisper things into my ear. Maybe that, and I'd have like the goodwill hunting ability to just look at a book and just know it. Like mm-hmm. I think the power of knowledge to know all things, to be able to sit in any conversation with any human anywhere and have an intellectually curious conversation and be able to be, you know, just rapid fire off the tongue and be like, Oh, that's so funny you mentioned that because King Louis the Fourteenth on that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did people just you know what I mean? Like I would I would take that. Love it. You know? Like when he was like, Yeah, I read your book last night. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Is there anything today that we did not get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? No, We're you guys then. are great. That's it. Thank you for having me. This is great. Thank Thanks you. for letting me be number one hundred. Hopefully this was helpful we- both of you. It's a great riveting question. Thank you so much. We really truly appreciate your time and we'll see you in Miami. I'm excited. Yes, we'll see you there in T minus one month. Love it. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye, ladies. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Not Nice Clever. Remember to follow Not Nice Clever wherever you listen to audio. And if you haven't already, drop that five-star review. Share your takeaways. Tell us your story. We love to hear it. Signing off, you're not so nice, but oh so clever besties that mean business. See you soon.